Sorcery. Sorcery. Soul cyclery. Soul cyclery. Cancel. Oh, Marco Cabodi and I came up with... Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to bring that up. Yeah, we came up with a, a men's gym mm-hmm. uh, yes. uh, that's like curves, sure. except it's called pervs. <laughs> And then just like you fuck in it. Like it's just a pervy gym for men. That's, that's where the guys go. I just yeah. thought it would be like pervy in front guy. of all of the the elliptical machines. There's like TVs with uh, with like spandex women's asses yeah. or something. Yes, so I think. Yeah, just pervs. pervs. Yeah. yeah. Why anyway. don't they have gay bathhouses for straight men? <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> it's called pervs. Pervs. It's opening. And Carmichael and Folsom. <laughs> what do you have to say about that only female in the room right now? <laughs> I was only half listening. So That's fair. Like that makes thing. sense. That's the appropriate <laughs> amount of listening <laughs> that's necessary for that My small woman brain's not comprehensible. <laughs> 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 she's thinking about the next sandwich she's going to make yeah, for her lover. That's true. It's going to be a BLT. <laughs> <laughs> Still doesn't keep them. All right, let's get started. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Hello. Stab's team of comedy right scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, weird which people. they'll now perform for <laughs> yeah. the first and I mean, likely last time it's in front of a live people. studio weird audience That's in a show called Stab. 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 Clap. I didn't give the... That's all right. Yeah, there we go. Welcome to Stab. <laughs> We had four people walk in off the streets. I'm assuming it was a, a mistake, but thank you for uh, wandering in. We do appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, let's meet your contestants. About how about that? Uh, we got Jamie Fernandez right there. Jamie Fernandez. Uh, Marco Cabodi. I burped. I didn't forget your name. Marco Cabodi. Cameron Schmid. Thank you. Schmid. Jesse Jones. On the end there. Robert Best, he's there taking up close pictures of everyone's face to go on to. And uh, my name is uh, John Morris Ross, the fourth. Show a little respect (laughs) for the royalty in the room. Um, Hey guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hey. Jamie. Hey. What's up? What's up, you man? Got new, you got a new job, I hear. I did. I got a new job. Yeah? Yes. Woo! I'm going to try not to fuck it up. What's the over-under? What do you, like... Uh, <laughs> it's hard to see. It's hard to tell at this point. You're feeling a little motivated, They though? have the on-site therapist, so Ooh, I'm thinking it's going to be good, good for yeah. at least a couple of weeks. I think that would have helped me keep a job for a little, right? like, three more months. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. 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 No, it's yeah. going to be good. That sounds like a good... Do you want to... Talk about anything else? Uh, no, I got nothing here. Let's, uh, I've been drinking a lot, and I drank a lot when I wrote this. <laughs> okay. So uh, good. It's going to be good. Perfect. It's going to be good. <laughs> All right. Marco Cabote. Hi, John. How's it going? Great. T- today I learned something. What's that? That you're not offended by the word WAP. <laughs> I, I am not. <laughs> I didn't say the word WAP. You just, you, you well, just sort yeah. of did. Yeah. Yeah. No, because someone else said WAP earlier. Purposes. Yeah, you just no. this is a real Monty Python Wait, life what of is Brian. That <laughs> sketch. It's for Italians. Oh, okay. Are you Italian? I have an Italian last name. Oh. I claim Italian heritage when convenient. You claim it. 
Do you get like free spaghetti? Yes, that's what you need. As long as you present your no, ID at the spaghetti factory <laughs> with your with your Italian ass last name. If your name ends in an I, I, name, you get free spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> then they're like, okay, we have to by law. <laughs> I have to by law, and then they spaghetti kiss their fingers. Yeah. That's good. I uh, I may have shared this before on the show, but. Uh, I loved Tony Danza so much as a child. <laughs> okay, that, that's actually more racist. That, uh, you, that you were like Italian, huh? Long yeah, pause. No, that I, I like Tony Danza. That I wanted to be Italian. <laughs> like he influenced my life so much <laughs> that I wanted the swagger. Ugh, like I just like the way he talked. Angeler. I may have told people in seventh grade I was from Brooklyn. <laughs> I yeah. got fights all the time. I'm a yeah. tough guy, like Bing Italian me. wops. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a Russian Jew. I could say that. <laughs> that checks out. Cameron yeah. Schmid. Hi, John. I, I'm so sorry for leaning in the D. Leaning, okay. into, the, leaning the, into the D. The D is <laughs> yeah. there. The D is there. Schmid. Do people call you Cameron Schmidt? Yeah. Very often? Yeah. Is that offensive to you? No. Um, no. Are why would it be? In, why would really that care. be offensive? Well, it's not. There's no T. <laughs> but I don't really care. Um, while we're talking about the W word, though, <laughs> I'll have people know that it is. It's actually an acronym for without papers, mm-hmm. which oh. I think is pretty relevant in today's political climate. <laughs> so. The history just keeps coming back around, folks. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Without papers. It's an acronym for without papers. What's DAGO of, of an acronym <laughs> of? Duh. <laughs> Alternate. I don't know how DAGO's spelled. So. I don't actually. Either. What about guinea? Is that because like they dig under walls and stuff? Like a guinea pig? Or no? <laughs> <laughs> Live in their own trash? It's, it's a mispronunciation. <laughs> Pronunciation of Ginny. Guinea pigs, do. Guinea pigs <laughs> dig under walls. It's what, yeah. it's what they're known for. Famously. You know? Famously known for that. All right. Yeah. Jesse. Yeah. How are you today? <laughs> I'm fantastic. If anyone was offended, you know, stay the fuck off Welp. Yelp. Okay? Uh, Welp. Uh, <laughs> Welp is... Uh, it's the Italian, Italian Yelp. Yelp. Yeah. Yeah, Italian Yelp. Welp is Yelp, but you can only do a three <laughs> max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still the five. It still shows the outline of five, yeah. but you can't put more than three. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like it's a review page when you're indifferent about somewhere. Like, well, play, you know, yeah. uh, it was good, it was bad. Yeah, it, give us two well. stars on meh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would say it's a pretty solid show already. I think we've done... <laughs> we're having fun. Let's we shut it down. got into this. All right, let's go ahead and play Stab. <laughs> oh, wrong nope, one. Nope, not quite. Oh. <laughs> not even in this show. Wow. wow. There it is. All right. We just go. had to hit something else racist. <laughs> Uh, we're white. It's funny. Okay, I don't know. All right. For a couple more years. All right. Forever on the internet. This is going to be. All right. Um, this first segment's called Reorganization. We start most shows with it. You should know that by now. Um, uh, please take the following acronym. Reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, being that August is National Psoriasis Month. Today's acronym is CRUST. C R U S T. If anyone has psoriasis, you know, take care of that. All right. Uh, Jamie, what does CRUST mean to you? Uh, CRUST is n- now uh, this new organization stands for Congressman Resisting Unattractive Secretaries and Temps. <laughs> he 
here's my crust. Uh, <laughs> crust, congressman resisting unattractive secretary's attempts, was created in hopes of slowing or stopping the employment of unattractive secretaries and temps within government buildings. <laughs> the Republican-led coalition, originally founded by Roy Moore, declares <laughs> that it's a congressman's God-given right if they do not want to look at, quote, gross titties. <laughs> Representative Bob Ben from Missouri, that's a name I made up, uh, speaks, I just didn't want to look shit up, uh, speaks openly about the need for change. He says, I was asking this rat face to make me copies for two months and I couldn't handle it anymore. I worked my whole life, man. I'd like to have a tasty bitch to do bitch work for me. I don't think that's too much to ask. An impressive number of congressmen, including one Democrat, joined the resistance who, when asked about his association with the program, said, look, the temp I had for two years smelt like Nutella and hot dog water. <laughs> I think I deserve better. While some argue this resistance is inappropriate and violates human rights, the majority of government officials have been inexplicably on board. <laughs> I'm not saying I need to have sex with my secretary, laments an anonymous congressman. I'm just saying it's my human right to jerk off to the young girl who is around me all day. <laughs> And when there's no unattractive one, and when there's no attractive ones in the mix, what am I supposed to do? Fuck my wife? Uh, <laughs> when asked if this rule would apply to male secretaries, the male secretaries or temps, the founder responded belligerently and clearly drunk in the middle of the day. Uh, of course, <laughs> half these congressmen and officers queer as Oprah's husband. <laughs> <laughs> At press time, the proposal presented suggestion, su suggested that all applicants, even those possessing postgraduate degrees, perform the hokey pokey in a revealing tank top uh, before a job offer. Uh, applicants have since quadrupled. <laughs> Very good, Jamie Fernandez. Very good. Giving us an insight into government. <laughs> all right, there we go. Marco Gabaudi, what does crust mean to you? On the topic of psoriasis. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah, you. Unintentionally rocking the psoriasis, you grossy gross fuck you fuck. <laughs> that's, that's super. Shit, that's dandy, you itchy pimp cane of a candy. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. handwritten. <laughs> that's super. That's sh or, okay, no. shit. That's dandy, you itchy pimp cane of a Cadillac filled with blowjobs. That's right. I'm fucking complimenting you. I'm sure you're like, no, you're not, and you're being a dick to people with something that doesn't have a cure. To which I say, I can only say, shut your AIDS baby mouth. I don't know why I did that. I'm being inspirational over here. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I started a hangout group for people with disorders or psoriasis or other things that make you an undesirable, like lazy eyes <laughs> or liking kiss. <laughs> it's called Chillax and Relax, Ugly Skin Troglodyte. That's crust. <laughs> chillax and relax. <laughs> Ugly Skin Troglodyte. <laughs> It's not mean spirited ass, or uh, it's where mean spirited assholes can get together and mock the shit out of each other. 
uh, each other's flaws to make it so, to make themselves stronger. Because <laughs> your your psoriasis, his hairline, my acne scars can team up together and make an ultimate Voltron of hope and understanding that's not even Kiss fans could ruin. <laughs> that's it. Very, very good. <laughs> my my favorite thing about having like worked with Marco over the last seven years is how he handwrites most of all, if not all of his stuff, and then can't read it. <laughs> his own writing. <laughs> yeah. Very good, Marco. We're having a good time. All right, Cameron Schmid. Uh, this story is titled, Come on, Randy, understand space travel. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Randy, and I'm just a kid like any other. Every morning, I wake up in my Pokemon-branded bed sheets, jump off the second bunk, say hi to my pet gerbil, and run down to the kitchen to eat some Kaluki Crisp. <laughs> I say goodbye to my mom, but not Tom. Run down the street to catch the school bus, always at the last second. Oh, Randy. And talk with my friends about new episodes of Legend of Korra, the inferior sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> One day, as me and my friends got off the bus, laughing about how we beat up this kid who insisted that Legend of Korra's art style and setting were more interesting, my best friend Mandy, that was very fringe, my best friend Mandy turned to me and asked if I was excited for science class. I asked why, and she said she was super excited, since Mr. Gale had said last week that today's lessons would be about space. I knew then that would be my worst day at school ever. See, I've always been okay at school. I love reading and writing. I'm pretty good at math, and my favorite subject is recess. <laughs> but I've just never understood space. So as soon as Mr. Gale started talking about stars and planets and a bunch of different numbers of Apollos, I barfed right on my desk and raised my hand. I don't get it, Teach. How do the rockets get to the moon? They use jet propulsion, said Mr. Gale. But how do they get there if outer space is all jelly? Why do you keep saying it's jelly? It's not. It's a vacuum. It was then that I knew Mr. Gale was in a lie. A vacuum isn't in space. A vacuum is what you use to clean up the floor after you drop the litter box on Christmas and Tom yells at you and Mom yells at Tom. <laughs> and I told Mr. Gale that. That's stupid, Mr. Gale. A vacuum is what you use to clean up the floor after you drop the litter box on Christmas and Tom yells at you and Mom yells at Tom. <laughs> after school, I got called to a meeting with Mr. Gale and our vice principal, Mr. Cleto. I always called him Mr. Cheeto and pretended that he was the cartoon mascot of Cheetos and tried to get my friends to do it too. One day they will. Mr. Cheeto explained that if I couldn't pass science class, I wouldn't be able to graduate. Oh, Randy. But Mr. Cheeto, I've already accepted a scholarship offer to Stanford to play quarterback for the Cardinal. Well, I'm sorry, Randy, but if you want to finally graduate high school, you have to pass science class. What followed was the hardest 35 weeks of my life. Every day after school, Mr. Gale would tutor me in space science. It was then that he came up with this catchphrase, which I can still hear to this day. Come on, Randy, understand space travel. <laughs> he said that a bunch because I could not understand space travel, at least until my breakthrough. 
Randy, we've been meeting for 34 weeks. I need you to get this in your head. There is no jelly in space. It's a vacuum. But teach, then where does all the jelly go? There's no jelly to begin with, Randy. Yes, there is. It's in jars and sandwiches and stuff. Sure, Randy, but it's not in space. Finally, someone explained it to me in a way I could understand. There wasn't any jelly in space because jelly was in jars and sandwiches. Finally, at my high school graduation, I was walking across the stage when I saw flashing red and blue lights and heard a cop say, Bees, Randy. Uh-oh. I started spin-kicking as fast as I could to get rid of the bees. Then I felt a strong zap, like the time I used my mom's electric gun I found in her purse. And then I remember waking up in a car. Apparently, they said, Freeze, Randy. <laughs> It was there the cops explained to me that 36 weeks ago I had beaten up a kid so bad he died. They called it murder and I got sentenced to jail as an adult since I'm 19 and he was only like 14 or whatever. As my mom likes to say, Poe Buddy's nerfed. <laughs> so now I'm in prison. It's okay. I still get plenty of my favorite subject, recess, and though I can't watch as many cartoons, I'm getting into drawing them. My cellmate, White Power Bill, is having me illustrate his graphic novel. Did you know that in some languages they call a graphic novel a manifesto? <laughs> I'm also learning a bunch. Did you realize that the first half of this letter was in present tense and then I switched it to past tense and then back? I never knew the difference till recently and I've been practicing all ever since. But it remains to be a work that was in progress. Of course. Anyways, I should wrap this up. WPB needs to use the pencil we made. I'm serving a 20-year sentence, and it's already been like eight years, so I guess I'll see you pretty soon. I love you, Mom. I hope you're well. Tom, I fucking hate you, and I hope you're shitty. Love, Randy. P.S. Sorry I didn't respond to any of your letters until now. Nobody told me I was allowed to do that. Oh, Randy. <laughs> Very good. That was Cameron Schmidt Crust. All right. Jesse Jones. Yeah. I think it's okay. All right. I think everything's all right. Okay. On your I've, head be it. I've had conversations. Okay. <laughs> that are coherent. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later. Jesse Jones, what does crust mean to you? <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> crust is shorthand used by fans of the massively popular series of movies including Can't Rest Until Justice, can't Rest Until Armageddon, Can't Rest Until the Moon, and 11 other sequels, prequels, and spin-offs, which collectively are just referred to as Crust, or the Can't Rest Until Something saga. <laughs> <laughs> the series follows Drake Ironwill, a dirty cop, Sorry. turned good cop, turned bad cop, turned detective, turned fugitive, turned private eye, turned dirty <laughs> astronaut, <laughs> turned chief of police, Turn chief of space police. Turn dirty cop again. As he fights either for or against the law in a seemingly endless parade of hyper-stylized action explosion movies, which no one can really say for certain whether they're meant to be sincere or parody or what. And nobody really wants to examine it too hard, understanding that to understand would probably ruin the whole thing. So over the 14 film run of the Can't Rest Until Something films, uh, like James Bond, Drake Ironwill has been played by many different actors, and naturally there continues to be a heated debate among crusties over <laughs> which was the best Drake Ironwill. The uh, two biggest factions in this debate are, of course, the ones who prefer the more commercially successful Can't Rest Until Destruction and Can't Rest Until Carnage, which starred Lorenzo Lamas. 
<laughs> and the more critically acclaimed inst installments, Can't Rest Until Redemption and Can't Rest Until <laughs> Salvation, starring Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> Still, though, my favorite installment has to be the first movie, Can't Rest Until Arrest, where the original, <laughs> where the original Drake Iron Will, Jesse Ventura, was... <laughs> was actually replaced halfway through the movie by Tom Selleck, and it was never addressed by anyone on screen. <laughs> Very good. That was... Uh, no, that was called Reorganization Crust. That was that. That was lengthy. It did, and that, that segment took a while. Very good, guys. Good job. It was good. I like it. It happened. All right, this next segment. Everyone doing good? Everyone yeah. feeling good? Happy? Still on board? Loving life? <laughs> Let's yeah. change Another that. day in paradise. <laughs> Appreciating the humor. Okay, uh, this next segment called uh, Top Three Google Searches of. Uh, <laughs> did someone say, uh oh? <laughs> okay. Yeah, get ready. Yeah, okay. Uh, completely fair. Please compose. It's like you've read this. <laughs> please compose the top three Google searches from the perspective of the following. Uh, an assault weapon. Mm. That's right. If an assault weapon could search Google, what would its top three searches be? Uh, we'll start one at a time. Jamie, what's the first thing an assault weapon would? Uh, I don't know if anyone will get this, but uh, subreddit incels. <laughs> sure. Very good. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Marco. Uh, number one is Hydromax penis pump. <laughs> Hydro Extreme uh, Series, <laughs> comma, coupon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's real, too. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a Hydro I know. Extreme. I know. <laughs> Don't got to Do tell anybody uh, here. I'm 41. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Schmidt. Uh, first Google search I have for an assault weapon, how to find out which Walmart I'm from. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sure. <laughs> Very good. Jesse? <clears throat> uh, first search. Bang, bang, pew, pew, bullet shoot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good. I hope they're all like that. <laughs> Jamie, your second of three? Uh, Taylor Swift, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now the incels like her. <laughs> Marco? Best Flat Earth Society to donate to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cameron? Uh, number two for me, signs that you might be a karate master's fists, <laughs> which are also weapons. <laughs> okay, that's sure. right. That's right. Yeah, lethal weapon. Uh, Jesse Jones? In second. Butta, 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 butta. <laughs> Patang! <laughs> I want to see how you spelled that. Because you do spell out. Is it B U D D A H? Just A hyphen. Butter, butter, butter. And P, P hyphen tang. P yeah. hyphen tang. Patang. Patang. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jamie, what's your third? I had nothing else, actually. I had wal <laughs> Walmart's near me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, happens. that happens with this one sometimes. Uh, Marco. Hot, sexy, barely legal, 22 caliber automatic, <laughs> auto rimfire Marlin Model 60. That's real. It's a real gun. Okay, it's, it's, a quali it's a quality gun. Too. It's, it's also young and hot. <laughs> young hot steel. Cameron. 
Number three, Angelina Jolie Curve the Bullet movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Jesse Jones. Third search. Seriously, though, violent video game store hours. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was uh, top three Google searches, though. That was a quick segment. Yeah. Very quick. <laughs> All right. That brings us to our third segment. Uh, we're almost halfway there, everyone. Congratulations. <laughs> you made it this far. Uh, this segment's called This Was Today Once. Uh, Jamie, on this date, 1969, the Manson family commits the Tate-LaBianca murders. Uh, also on this very date, 1930, Betty, Bu- Betty Boop debuts. <laughs> Betty Boop. Betty Boop de- <laughs> debuts. It's Betty Boop. I know, I can know. Can you say it correctly, please? I know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Just so they know. Yeah. You can go ahead. Calm down. <laughs> no, just be articulate. I messed up once for reals. <laughs> okay. Then, second time. Okay. On this very date, 1930, Betty Boop debuts in Max Fleischer's animated cartoon, Dizzy Dishes. Um, <laughs> how did how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Okay, well, as you know, John, I hate these things yeah. on STEM. This yeah. is my least favorite thing to yeah. write when I do STEM because uh-huh. it makes no sense to uh, correlate those two things <laughs> right. in a creative way. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> just saying, but I hate it, and I hate what I wrote here. So okay. just so you know, um, that's what this is about. But <laughs> But I did, I did write something, nonetheless. <laughs> On this day, to celebrate the murder of innocent people, uh, and also the creation of an over-sexualized cartoon character, uh, I felt like baking a pie was in order. <laughs> For me, whenever I have a really cathartic experience, such as murder or sex, uh, I like to relax with a nice rhubarb. Or blood orange pie. Mm. Delicious pie making is the perfect way to honor delicious killings or tasty animated sexualization. <laughs> all those women <laughs> who had all those fillings for Charles Manson <laughs> went coconuts on Sharon Tart. <laughs> Are puns, good puns. <laughs> a tangy, toasty tragedy <laughs> that just makes me feel like baking. And while I'm at it, I can mix up a Betty Bootberry pie. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> Equipped with a misogyny. That's a reach, but you get it. <laughs> Crust and whipped by your husband, cream. <laughs> Come on, that's good. <laughs> For any flaunt-aversary of multiple homicides and classic cartoon characters, a nice long day of murder, sex, baking, or as I like to say, mechs. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> It's a great way to celebrate the fuck tarts from the key limelight of the 70s. <laughs> Very good, Jamie. You did it right. I'll take responsibility. So that's what you need. I'll be your whipping boy. All right. Marco. Uh, on this date, 1944, Smokey Bear debuts as spokesman of, uh, for p- fire prevention. Uh, also on this date, 1905, the mother of famed baseball player Ty Cobb mistakes her husband for a burglar and kills him. Oof. How'd you choose to celebrate the <laughs> aforementioned events in Tatum? I'm going to sit in an easy chair in the bathroom at the Pollock Pines Ranger Station in the dark with my trusty paintball gun, Jessica, <laughs> across my lap and wait for Senior Ranger Walter 
Big T Caskey to turn his key to take his morning coffee shit. <laughs> and once I see the whites of his eyes, I'm going to stand, paint him with so many blue balls, he'll think I'm his wife. <laughs> when, when he pulls himself off the floor and sputters out a water-soluble, why? I'll answer as any American should. It was 1944 and Smokey wasn't helping with the war effort? <laughs> I'm sure Heinrich the Eurasian brown bear took a break from chastising little Hans and Greta to go maul General Omar Bradley. Shame, Smokey, shame. Very good, Marco, very good. <clears throat> Cameron, on this date, 1974, Richard Nixon resigns presidency mm -hmm. and Vice President Gerald Ford becomes the 38th president. Yeah. Uh, also on this very date, 1893, the U.S. bowling magazine, Gut Holes, <laughs> is published in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, how'd you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, John, every year on August 9th, I recall a story once told to me. It's a somber story and a tragic one that had real impact on our governmental process here in America. And I tell that story ev to everyone I see on this day. Uh, today that includes all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Gut Holes was an American magazine, but did you know it's actually named after a German bowling expression, Gutholz, which actually <laughs> means good wood. Neither did I. <laughs> and boy, was I excited to find out. <laughs> but did you also know that the only way power can be shifted from one American president to another is with a very complicated game of 10-pin bowling? <laughs> See, we all know how regular bowling works, okay? But in PPSB, or Presidential Power Swap Bowling, <laughs> the sitting president is challenged by an incoming president to a one-on-one -on -one game of bowling. Two separate lanes are set up, only 10 pins are put up, and one at a time, a president throws a ball as hard as he can at the pins, and the other president stands halfway down the lane with only one goal of stopping the ball with anything but his hands or feet. <laughs> they keep swapping back and forth until somebody finally gets all ten pins down. This process was done from the first presidential swap between George Washington and John Adams all the way until Lincoln. You see, until then, only two presidents had died in office, William Henry Harrison and Zachary Taylor, both of whom had secretly died from PPSB-related injuries. <laughs> but when Lincoln died, nobody felt like it would be appropriate to throw a bunch of balls at the dead guy <laughs> who almost ended slavery. <laughs> it hung around for a while. <laughs> Since then, PPSB matches were only done as a formality, with the outgoing president simply not making any attempt to stop the incoming president's bowling ball from hitting the pins. But then came Watergate, an international scandal, scandal that was reflecting so poorly on the White House and the government in general that Gerald Ford was pressured by many different people into challenging Richard Nixon to a match of PPSB. Historians say that when Nixon looked up from the financial records he was shredding to meet Ford's gaze, he simply smiled and said, Sounds great, Gary. The day came. Midnight in the secret bowling alley underneath the White House. Nixon took his place in the lane. Ford somberly picked up a ball. And after a sigh, he softly rolled it down the center of the lane. The entire assembled crowd of Washington political elite gasped when Nixon fell to his knees and shoved his chest at the ball, awkwardly forcing it into the gutter. 
As the two men switched places, Nixon growled at Ford, who was said to have trembled. Nixon threw his first ball so violently that it didn't touch the wood until it was only two feet from Ford, who mistimed his defense. The ball painfully landed against his shins. Ford and Nixon went back and forth like this for seven hours. It was the most excruciating game of PPSB in living memory for sure, and may have rivaled with the game between Andrew Jackson and himself, who was the only president who insisted on playing when he won re-election. <laughs> Finally, as the sun came up on a new day, Ford hurled one final ball towards Nixon in a concussed haze, accidentally touched the ball with his hand. The crowd, which had long since thinned out and grown quiet, stirred and then became silent. Nixon, defeated, took the customary loser's position, laying flat on his stomach. Ford somberly sat on his head until Nixon quietly said, Dein Hintern hat macht über meinen Kampf, three times. Then it was done. Ford was president. <laughs> this match was only reported in one publication in the world, Gutholz, circulation of 516 people. None of those copies made it to the owners of before the Secret Service found and destroyed them. One of Ford's first actions after pardoning Nixon was naming a publication or naming the publication Googles a communist operation and having it dissolved. <laughs> now you know the tragic story <laughs> of both Guttholz and the end of Nixon's presidency. And now you have to live with it for the rest of your lives. Very good. That almost sounded real. <laughs> I want to see that movie. <laughs> it's like Frost Nixon. Ol Oliver Stone. <laughs> Big Lebowski. <laughs> Jesse Jones, yep. on this date, 1988, just one day after 8888, mm -hmm. New York's lottery daily number was 888. Yeah. Did everyone get that? Okay. Yes. Uh, also on this very date, 1803, the first horses arrive in Hawaii. <laughs> huh? Yeah. How do you choose <laughs> to celebrate the aforementioned events in Tampa? Well, my history lesson is going to sound much less believable. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Hawaii remembers the day those ships landed and Captain Clippity-Clop <laughs> led all of his studly crew of horse colonizers off the horsey ship, was, which was basically just like a regular ship, except with a small slit cut out all along the hull, just under the main deck, so all the horsey crew inside of the horsey ship could see out of the ship and onto the sea. Horse, tra horse trailer joke. That's a deep cut. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I wasn't there in 1803 when the horses landed, uh, claiming the newly discovered islands for horse kind. How could I be? <laughs> that would mean that I was, at a minimum, 216 years old and have seen all the horrors and triumphs of humanity's firsthand, sworn to do nothing but more than observe, uh, duty-bound to simply record events and never to interfere. But... <laughs> But why would you even think such a thing? That's impossible. I didn't say it. You did. That's absurd. Stop it. <laughs> <coughs> uh, Any hoozle. Uh, billions of native Hawaiians were wiped out by, <laughs> by the disease-riddled hay that these horse conquerors unloaded onto their beaches, which in a way might have been for the better since those islands were way too small for billions of people to live on. But Hawaiians are notoriously impervious to all conventional weapons but tainted hay while simultaneously and cruelly deathly afraid of the water. <laughs> so they could do nothing but continue to just pile up on those tiny, tiny islands. Eventually, after the Hawaiian population was called down to a manageable size by the conquista horses, <laughs> the, two, 
The two populations came to a mutually beneficial agreement. The ruling horses would stop trampling to death three out of every five Hawaiians for sport. And the Hawaiian people would promise never to re reveal that intelligent horses had once colonized their island. The deal was sealed by eight Hawaiian elders and eight horse sea generals who ate 88 raw coconuts over the course of eight days and eight nights in a ceremony known as the Ritual of the Vertical Infinity Pact. <laughs> because the number eight doesn't actually exist in the Hawaiian language. <laughs> and all of the eights involved in the ceremony were purely coincidental. <laughs> Later, the Ritual of the Vertical Infinity Pact was renamed by historians President's Day. But those who know still remember the true meaning of President's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, favorite. I Very told good. you this was going to be one of the stupidest <laughs> nights of the winter. It's good. I've been saying. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna hit our stride right here. That's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's implying that wasn't my stride. No, no, no. <laughs> You're warming up. Warming up. Um, this brings us to our fourth segment of the evening. Plenty Yay. of time to drink more beer. <laughs> Plenty of time. Um, uh, called Write an Erotic Poem About It. Uh, please have composed an erotic poem about the following things. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie, yeah. please have written an erotic poem about polar bears. Okay. Mm. Polar bears. This is an erotic poem about polar bears. <laughs> that I wrote in like a performance poetry right. uh, way. Mm. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. <laughs> polar bears. I call it an erotic poem <laughs> about polar bears. <laughs> Snow tops, snugglies, or sensual love balls, a polar bear's prowess comes second to gun laws. If your kink is near-death experiences, tell protectors of your body to stop running interferences. Make it to the snow for some blow, but not that kind. Four-inch canines and a piece that will blow your mind. Coca-Cola lunchboxes only peak the polar sex. If you see a brown bear, a black bear, a grizzly bear, you'll be like, next, next, next. <laughs> 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 and look, let's not make this a race situation. <laughs> but with other white species, it's up for kind of domination. Oh, yeah, all of them are, really. If you think attraction to a polar bear is laissez-faire, impaired, more rare than your attraction to your girlfriend's despair, there, there, buddy, let me hold you while you cry, while you weep, while I go try to get it with this majestic white beast. <laughs> very, very good, very good, very good, very good. Oh, yeah, we got all that. Cam Cameron, no, it's not your turn. Okay. <laughs> Marco. Yeah. Please have written an erotic poem about IV drug use. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got that one. <laughs> yeah, stick it in. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It flows, it flows. Give me more from your sack. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I lay on my back. <laughs> I need more from me, for me. Straps and tape. Intravenous therapy. <laughs> no, it's gone. It's all been drained. Back to the streets I go again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was very sad. <laughs> Still erotic, though. Yeah. Very good. Cameron Schmidt, let's hear your erotic mm -hmm. poem in regards to the planet Earth. All righty. 
Her name might be Gaia, but she is all a woman. <laughs> they call her mother. Her business is life, and business is a booming. For millennia before me, Earth was a thriving. Now humanity reigns, and our Earth is a dying. As I sip from my mason jar and ride my fixed gear bike, as I compost my waste and ignore my straw-using wife, I wonder... There must be some solution for the human revolution to avoid the retribution of this planet's execution. What if instead of fucking the earth, using the earth, ignoring the earth, abusing the earth? What if we made love to the earth? And that's how I found myself at midnight in the moonlight, healing God's creation with the act of fornication. <laughs> As I made love to the earth, planting my flesh spade into the community garden's freshly churned soil. She spoke to me in a voice that made me weep with its beauty. And she said, What the fuck, Nigel? We rejected your application and now you fuck our garden? You're a fucking weirdo and I'm calling the cops. Seems some people look down on how much I love Mother Earth. But the Earth is truly mother? Then I'll make an edifice for Oedipus because I'm a mother lover. <laughs> Nat Geo? That's porn to me, yo. <laughs> So I left my wife and left my life of suburban strife. I took up the prophecy of restoring life to our maternal light. From the core to the crust, from the tropo to the exo, if it helps the earth live longer than with earth, I will have sexo. <laughs> the years pass as I tap earth's ass. The trees grow weak as I clap earth's cheeks. The oceans rise as I open earth's thighs. My love is for not... Though the love was so hot. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I feel, like the, I feel like there's a version of that poem that's been read on the grid somewhere in the cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely in Placerville where I live. Definitely. <laughs> Just those hippies. Okay. Um, Jesse Jones. Yep. Let's hear an erotic poem about being ambushed. <clears throat> yeah. I never saw you coming. But now my whole apartment complex can hear it. You caught me by surprise. I wish I could see the look you saw in my eyes when you buckled my knees and jellied my thighs. The boner I have is mostly from fear. <laughs> sneak attack, sneaky finger sliding down my crack. I can't see you. I imagine you have a bodacious rack. Without warning, you breach my rear. You were able to outflank me. Now I clench, awaiting the hand to spank me. You tell, <laughs> tell me to shout your name and thank thee as you whisper in my ear. Retreat. I am flaccid. Advance. I am erect. I obey your every command. Marshal. The troops stand ready. Deploy. The order is given. I make sticky in your hand. Oh, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
All right. That brings us to our final segment of the evening. It's getting hot in here. (laughs) All right. This last segment's called Movie Makeup. Uh, Please have composed a synopsis based off the following made-up movie titles. All titles are brought to you by WordCounter.net's random word generator. Uh, Jamie, the name of your movie is called Society Squirrel. Society Squirrel. Uh, when I was outside and I was like, I wrote some of this stuff drunk. Yeah. And went, <laughs> this is uh, the part. This was the part. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then went back to, and I was like, yeah, it's genius, man. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to read it. We'll see. Um, uh, all right, sight of squirrel. This is how I saw it in my head, guys. So you have to understand how I was seeing this in my head and not necessarily Take how there. I can put uh, this here. Uh, sight of squirrel. In high society New York, son to an oil heir, Jasper, is promised to a perfect woman by his family. Jasper, you're going to be perfect together. She's wonderful. That's like his mom, right? (laughs) (laughs) Cut to Jasper with his head up against the window in a limo, like watching New York buildings passing by. Yes, yes, I suppose she is, right? Little did he know, life and love had something more in mind. (laughs) So it was cut to, right? Cut to Jasper driving on a desolate road late at night. Suddenly, a squirrel appears out of nowhere in the middle of the road eating a thing of Wendy's french fries. (laughs) The car swerves dramatically just before hitting the squirrel black screen. Cut to... Jasper, peering up a large oak tree. I'm very sorry. I, I didn't mean it. I love french fries, too, honestly. They're probably, there's probably nothing I like more. The tiny squirrel appears from the branch, scampers down the truck and hops, trunk and hops into his hand. They make eye contact for an uncomfortably long time. <laughs> Music comes in. Paula Coles, you got to be bold. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper's mom, this is ridiculous, Jasper. The wedding is planned. Natalia loves you. You can't love a, a, what, mother? A squirrel? (laughs) Cut to Jasper and the squirrel laying face-to-face in bed. (laughs) 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 Jasper, that was, I mean, I just, I never thought. The squirrel licks its paws and starts rapidly cleaning its mouth and head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cut to uh, Jasper's father. We can cut you out of the will for this. Don't you know that? <laughs> cut to <laughs> Jasper and the squirrel at the farmer's market. <laughs> Ice skating and matching sweaters, looking at rings at a jeweler store. Cut to <laughs> Jasper's mother. <laughs> laughing because I think it's <laughs> Sitting having tea with the squirrel. Well, if this is going to be it, we've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Music comes in. Paula Coles, we've got to be bold again. <laughs> uh, while Jasper's mother and her friends fit the squirrel in seven different outfits, pearls around its neck, its paws, they look beautiful. <laughs> Attempts to show it how to use silverware. Sassy looks at the butler. Where am I? The butler looks back. I don't even know where we both are. I don't know what that is. <laughs> This is back to a voiceover. Everybody will go nuts. Cut to mother. 
to mother peering at the window, darling, everything on here is just full of nuts. She peers over to the squirrel submerged in a bowl of walnuts. Oh, right, because it's a squirrel. Back to the black screen. <laughs> For a squirrely kind of love. Cut to Jasper. I never knew what love was until it was with something not cognitive. <laughs> the squirrel jumps and burrows itself in his hair. <laughs> this summer, get ready to laugh. Cut to the squirrel getting chased and nearly killed by the house cut. Lust. Cut to Jasper and the squirrel open mouth kissing. <laughs> and fall in love. Cut to the squirrel coming down the steps of a mansion in a huge ball gown. <laughs> Cinemark and Trimax presents Society Squirrel. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Is this the song you're. It's not Paula Cole. I just. I don't need to be a dick. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this summer, <laughs> society. Very good. Okay. You're gonna go nuts. <laughs> yeah, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this fall. Four minutes. This song. We're listening to all of it. No, I'm kidding. Okay. All right. We'll stop. <laughs> you said Paula Cole, and then I was like, "That's not Paula Cole." I didn't even look it up. I knew. Desiree. Desiree, oh, well. you racist. Someone like that. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, very good, very good. And I swear to God, I feel like I should take pictures of the random word generators <laughs> because I think people think I'm just making making these up, but these are the words that popped up in the random word generator. Uh, Marco, the name of your movie is called Fretful Young Hope. He's a misunderstood outcast who just moved to Seattle after his dad left. She's a manic pixie dream girl with green hair and an erratic personality. After a meet-cute at an indie rock coffee shop concert where they both hi- were both hired to play bass, <laughs> Tyler and Taylor spark a romance filled with jangly music, philosophy references, and the most diverse cast 2006 will legally allow. <laughs> He'll learn how to think about people other than his iPod. She'll learn that she has to, <laughs> she has to learn to ignore her father's evangelical proclamations, and together they'll reunite her little cripple boy with his loving family <laughs> just in time for the holidays. Fretful young hope will teach a, a generation how to love, how to heal, and will teach mouth-breathing Midwesterners their their <laughs> their fair city or their uh, their fancy city counterparts are just like them. <laughs> Join Taylor and Tyler and their two-legged gerbil spy kids too. <laughs> In fretful young hope. That was <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, rated R. Hated <laughs> oh, All right. Very good. Very good. Marco, I like Thanks. it. <laughs> Cameron, uh, the name of your movie is called Paint Mushy Girls. Yeah, John. Paint <laughs> Mushy Girls. That came up in the word generator. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Paul. Paul was an everyday dude. Late 20s in a new town he moved to for work. No friends, no romantic prospects. On a whim, 
He took an art class at his local community uh, college. Figure drawing. His first class goes great. He talks to his easel neighbors, does some interesting sketching, and gets a compliment from his professor. Later that night, as he has a celebratory beer and watches Sports Center, he hears a knock at the door. Confused because it's late, he opens the door to find a living representation of his drawing from class. She's so horrible to look at. In the morning when Paul wakes up, he doesn't remember any of it. And so begins the horror movie classic of the century. Or so you'd think. Because as the movie goes along, Paul gets better at drawing figures. And the people who knock on his door become more and more realistic and less gross. Eventually, like in Benjamin Button when Brad Pitt and Kate Winslet were the same age for a small amount of time and they fell in love, (laughs) Paul actually draws the perfect woman. Their night is amazing. They make dinner together, talk and drink and dance. They make love. And as Paul falls asleep, the audience cries, for they know what Paul doesn't. When he wakes up, his love will be gone, and he won't remember the best night of his life. Starring Tracy Morgan as Paul, (laughs) Andy Serkis as all of the bad drawings, and Kate Winslet as the good one. Rated R. (laughs) Very good. Paint. Mushy girls. Very good. gotta be cool. I know. I I closed it. I would have... I wanted so to sing it anyway. It's okay. Jesse Jones. Yeah. Uh, the name of your movie is called Loving Temper. <laughs> All right. Just to sort of pull this whole weird night of my writing together, this uh, sort of just caps it off. So to be clear, uh, I didn't actually write a synopsis for Loving Temper. <laughs> <laughs> but I have what I'm going to say is a good reason. And you can tell me if I was wrong when I'm done. Uh, When I saw my title, Loving Temper, and all of what I'm about to say is 100% true, it reminded me of a dream I had almost two and a half years ago. Thanks to our online movements being constantly tracked, whether we like it or not, I was able to find that I uh, I searched Google for this movie uh, when I woke up the morning of February 25th, 2017. Uh, A movie that doesn't exist. Um but was so convincing and seemed like such an amazing idea, it has stuck with me today. And the made-up title, Loving Temper, while not the title of the movie I dreamt up, could easily have been the title, given the context of the movie, oh that God. again, I must emphasize, does not exist. <laughs> so, the movie I dreamed of included a just post Mork and Mindy era Robin Williams <laughs> and a Ghostbusters era Sigourney Weaver Starring together in a movie called Doran. D-O-R-A-N. Doran. Again, this is absolutely real. (laughs) In your dreams? In my dreams. Okay. This is a real story. Uh, The movie was about a troubled, emotionally abusive loner named Doran, played by Robin Williams, and his girlfriend, Scorny Weaver, who in spite of herself loved Doran and tolerated his emotional abuse, convinced she could save him from himself. It wasn't a comedy at all. (laughs) But Robin would use this natural sort of manipulative charm, really understated and remarkably controlled for a Robin Williams fresh off of Mark and Mindy, (laughs) to pull Sigourney back whenever she tried to leave him. And no matter what, what, she was always there to rescue him from some self-destructive spiral that Doran found himself in. His name was Doran. I've never heard that name. <laughs> it's not a name that I've... Uh, I invented the name Doran. Uh, okay. Um, 
Uh, I want to say there was a really good scene for both Robin and Sigourney where <laughs> she talks him off again. I want to say the Brooklyn Bridge uh, because this could only take place in New York being a moody, dark, emotional drama made in the early, mid-80s. <laughs> um, it was so good a movie, in my mind, <laughs> and I was so struck by how real and weirdly awesome this movie idea sounded that when I woke <laughs> up from this dream, I immediately grabbed my phone, searched Robin Williams, Sigourney Weaver, Doran, and was legitimately disappointed when I found that it didn't actually exist. <laughs> In the same kind of way that when you wake up from a dream where you somehow became super rich and it slowly dawns on you that all the money only exists in dream bucks, that level of disappointment. <laughs> so yeah, a loving temper. That's what it reminded me of. A just post Morgan Mindy era Robin Williams. And Ghostbusters Sigourney Weaver. Starring together in a moody, emotional drama that never actually existed, yet somehow I filed away in my head <laughs> in the late winter of 2017, titled Doran. Don't Google it. I try. It doesn't actually exist. Very good. And that is Stab. One more time. For everyone you saw tonight. Uh, Jamie Fernandez. Marco Cavoti. Cameron Schmidt and Jesse Jones. Uh, if you'd like to hear more Stabs, go to one of our many online outlets, uh, the primary of which being uh, Stab4Gold, Stab, the number 4Gold.com, or uh, uh, check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify, SoundCloud again. <laughs> go back to uh, iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Yeah.